May 30, 2020. It's a lot for Pedro show. <laughs>
my guests in 19 years and doing the show now getting near 700 shows are all archived at twfps.com but i still fuck up and shit <laughs> and, uh, brother matt ain't here to help me he's three miles south at the pleasure point because we're still in quentin quarantino mode here but i'm not totally man alone my pad because the magic of those software engineers in estonia with their skype invention i got hannah and roy of uh red mass on board. Well, 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 yeah, uh, and uh, it's Montreal, right? Yeah. yeah, Montreal. Yeah, great town, man. Great fucking town. A little sweaty in the summer, a little cold in the winter. But a little sweaty. We just had 30-degree weather uh, for the last three days, and now it's back down to 17, so it's awesome. Oh, centigrade. <laughs> yeah, because this is, the humidity is, like, too yeah, much. Yeah, I try to tell people, they think it's a southern thing. I think it's just east of the Rockies, and that means Canadian Rockies, too. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's just, yeah, you can be real north and still be sweating to death. Yeah, exactly. And then that also, the moisture in the air, come wintertime, it, you know, it can be cold. Yeah, it just flips on you. Yeah. In fact, I mean, there's, this, uh, there's this race where they drag a boat across, like in January or some shit, February. You know what I'm talking about? It gets across the St. Lawrence. You know, it's all iced up and shit. But these guys, like, I think it goes back, you know, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Balls out dudes. I mean, they can do it. <laughs> ladies that can do this shit. Uh, but uh, look, which I want to go through you, you guys' uh, journey through music. Who wants to go first? Uh, you go, Hannah. Go for it. All right. Uh, where should I start? Well, Just... I, I'll ask you some questions. All right, good. <laughs> and get this. No, there is no hard questions, and there is no wrong answers. Okay, okay awesome. So, yeah. <laughs> I should tell people when we start the show off with uh, John Coltrane, with Miles Davis doing Fran dance. And then, of course, since it's not the last day, but the last days, Blue Oyster Cult from the first album, right? Then came the last days of May. You know, they got a tune on that album called I'm on the Lamb But Ain't No Sheep that later became the Red and the Black. But they say Frontenac, Chateau, Pat on the Border there, I found on tour. Yeah, we got the Frontenacs, a big, big, Castle, an old castle they have around here. It's also the okay. name of the subway. Okay, and it probably meant border, front, frontier. 
Frontera, yeah, yeah because in the, the Mexican uh, license plates, they'll say front and uh, kind of the border, right? Anyway, okay. that's the greatest thing about touring, finding stuff like Another thing I found on the same time, me and D. Boone, uh, Georgie noticed uh, the Loyalist Parkway, and it had the guy with the three-pointed hat pointing, you know, north. But he wasn't a Yankee doodle dude. <laughs> he, was, he was a tour guy. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, they didn't teach us that shit. You know, when the Stooges played Fort uh, York, Young, in Toronto, it, they blew up. Yeah. And, yeah, I didn't know about that shit, you know. that We actually started that war and tried to grab. Anyway, I'm getting off the point. Okay, Hannah, <laughs> your earliest musical record. Oh, yeah, then we uh, I for, fucking forgot why... Uh, I asked you on the show because of the new album and this, the life is cabaret, right? You got all these <laughs> guests and we're, we're going to talk about that, but I want to go back. Like I said, with your, your journey. So, so Hannah, your earliest musical recollection. Oh, uh, my earliest musical recollection would be like, like in what sense me playing music or just, no, just music, you know, like you hearing something. I had this dude on, he said he was three years old. He remembers hearing the radio and shit. Yeah. Okay. So I'm pretty, I'm, pretty much back there too. I, I've loved music my whole life. And my dad is a quite a good piano player. So we used to, he used to play uh, piano for us and we'd dance around in the living room. Like he was, he'd play Bach often for us. So, and so there's, a piano. there's a piano. There's a piano in the wife. pad. Uh, what town was this? Was this Montreal? Uh, no, I was born in, uh, I was born in Perth, Ontario, near, kind of near Ottawa. Yeah. Um, and, uh, then my family, we moved around a lot when I was a kid, my dad's a professor. So we ended up just, he, he got a, he did a postdoctoral thing in Boston. Then we moved to Minnesota. We moved out to the East coast, Nova Scotia. And then we ended up in Egypt for a while. And then we ended up up North in a Callowit in the Arctic for my teenage years. Jesus Christ. And then I came down to Montreal for school and ended up dropping out and doing music. Now, there, there was always a piano in the pad because he's a piano player? Yeah, always, always. Now, did you get the lesson thing? I got the lessons. Now, uh, you know, we've had several guests on the show that's been through this. And it's been everything from really good to really fucking lame and almost wanting to hate music. And it seems like it's a lot about the teacher. Oh, it is. I had uh, my – well, my dad was kind of intense. He'd make me practice – a lot so I felt a lot of like pressure I ended up giving it up eventually I had this terrible um kind of not very nice teacher in Minnesota and she's really rough on me and uh and she discovered that I wasn't actually learning how to read music I was just doing it by ear and she like freaked out at me and I I really lost interest after that because it was just how I was yeah I seeing myself and then I was like you know overwhelmed with the fact that I was teaching myself how to do it wrong and I lost interest, but I ended up joining a choir and picking up guitar. Well, I was going to ask you about school. Were you in the, in the choir, the band, marching band, shit like that? Yeah, I was, uh, I did like high school plays, musicals. Um, I was in a touring choir in grade five when we lived in Minnesota called the Angelica Tante. So we used to just like, they'd load us all those kids up on a big bus and we'd tour around to different churches and stuff like that. Yeah. So you were on uh, tour. Yeah. 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 <laughs> With like, yeah, I don't know how they did it. It was like two giant buses of kids and like six super patient adults that yeah, came I with us. Yeah, that fucking job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Herding cats. But, so, what was the first record you bought for yourself? The first record I bought for myself, I mean, well, I mean, my dad 
brought me to go, he'd bring me to go buy music a lot. Um, I really liked, I got Abbey Road, like the first time I chose something. Beatles, okay. Right. What was the first gig you went and saw? The first gig I went and saw would have been, uh, I can't remember, we used to, we, my parents would bring us to barn parties and stuff all the time when I was, re like when I was like three or four, like, I've been watching music for my whole life. I, barn we would, parties. I, I never heard of barn parties. Uh, it's in Ontario. They have them often. It's just people will set up a band in their barn, and everybody brings their tents and camps in the fields and, and stays overnight. And Does a guy uh, odor do it? Sorry? Does a guy odor do it? The barn? They're, they're usually not like used barns or like they're like hay barns or something like that, <laughs> which is like probably not super safe. But well, and I'll tell you, because I've done some fucking uh, county fairs and stuff and they'll like they'll hang jasmine and stuff because there's cow shit everywhere. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. These so, are these are like these are like artist barns. So they would be like, you know, oh, like Jackson Pollock painted in a like barn. A cool yeah, barn yeah. And, okay, yeah okay. You know? It's been like kind of repurposed. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Okay, what about the shit after school uh, in the bedroom or the garage or the barn or the basement? You make bands with uh, your friends. Yeah, I did. In uh, in when I lived up north, we I had a well. We there was a, there was an, a ton to do. It was it, the town has seven thousand people, and it's the capital city of Nunavut that we lived in. Uh, it's on an island. You can't drive off the island you have to take a three-hour flight north from montreal to get there so we were kind of like pretty isolated and there were a lot of people who did music up there and uh we we just started bands and we'd go in a freezing cold garage or somebody's well there were no basements in a too because of the permafrost so we basically be jamming in like people's living rooms or or garages if they had one but yeah i'm curious what, uh, what, what like me and D Boone, right? We learned by copying off record, like Blue Oyster Cole records, right? Yeah. Did you guys do that, or were you songwriting right away? No, no, we were uh, we were definitely doing the cover, covering different bands. Like, I mean, the the guys I played with, we were doing uh, a lot of like like glam rock stuff, like Molly Crew and. Can, and I, can I tell you the first gig me and D Boone saw? We were boys, you know, our first concert. What what is it? T Rex. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. awesome. <laughs> Everybody says that. So Everybody awesome. fucking says that. You know, of all the bands that you yeah. can see, you know. You know for some reason, yeah, yeah. It was bitching, too. I mean, he was little because it was like 3,000-seater auditorium, you know. It wasn't a club. We didn't know about clubs till the movement, you know. I want to play something here off your new record. That, yeah. That Roy had me come on and... It was a trip. You know, I thought he was going to have me play bass. No, no, no. Sing with us, Watt. So, well, you did both. That was great. I know, right? I, but I thought it was going to be only, you know. You know. I, I actually didn't know if it was really you at first when I, because uh, I hadn't met you in person. So when we're doing this internet exchange, I wasn't sure who if I was talking to maybe a fan off your site or something. And then when you you sent back those tracks, I was so happy. It was, it was you know, it was really. So fun. It wasn't the fake Mike Watt, it was the real one. Let's listen. Do it again, it doesn't hurt as much the second time. Do it again, it doesn't hurt as much the 
suburban legend I'm a centaur, it's such a drag To the last in line, it's a lucky charm I'm a victim, it's a mistake Yeah, I've been frank I'm an obsession, I'm so ashamed One trick pony, it's a dark day A cry for help It's a rip-off, no sympathy Step into the sun First time's a bitch First time's a bitch First time's a bitch First time's a bitch
clip, put that in, uh, I, I, I believe, uh, the pasteurist tense. Maybe not that. Maybe a skeleton makes good. of the teat, Jeff. Hurry! I'll tell you if you're wrong, but hurry! Damn cracker. Soggy. Saltine. Geometry Street, I ran over a whistle. Uh, those words are for ink mathematics. Amateur trading and uh, Russell. of unworm that the fisherman never found. <laughs> it was a bookworm. The worm crawled over the razor blade. Got pressed in a book and the fisherman never found.
Hi, I'm Jim Morrison, and I just got out of the bath. The swimming pool is doing flipped out turns. As you stay into it, like the TV said, ripples and murking, obscuring. Deep end, Brian, pass another tap, smoke another joint, do a few more studying lines. Brian, but I wolfed out the last of your reds. So good, one red. It tasted so fine. The reds were saving for yourself. I couldn't help it. God save me, said Brian. Then he leaped off the high dive of the deep end. The splash exploding to hot me dumb. Smithering, doing my dumb, doing, doing, God. Brian. Brian. They were mine, and I turned the knobs in a frenzy, trying to find some test pattern, any test pattern. Make meaning of your life in mysterious depth. Brian, come back, motherfucker, in reruns if you must. But tell me what they tasted. Pardon my grammar, but Lord, but they tasted great. Like I knew they would. Better than Arthur Godfrey firing his best friend. Taste death and taste it in after. Taste the taste of your own vomit.
hits me right on the side of the head Really just wanting them dead Not so much something they said One mistake I'm seeing red They don't know who they're messing with One excuse I'll do you do I take some time up with the crime Lots of ways to make them pay
York is a hell, not the place to be. It's far worse now than Deutschland, Spain, and Italy just blame Corona. Visible enemy. Everybody stay at home, avoiding all their friends and me. They say Brazil is next, South America too. They say that Africa and all the world through will get Corona. Omnipresent enemy. They're trying to find a shot that will cure the likes of you and me. They got thousands of bodies, so they're burying them in the park. You never see them do that, cause they do it after dark. Blank Corona. Visible enemy. Corona. You're the one we need to flee. You shut down all the stores, the nightclubs and the hordes. You took away the jobs, made us all stay home. Corona. You killed the world for folks like me. Out the cities, put everyone in solitary confinement. Killed all the airlines, all the hotels too. You killed all the music tours, all the concerts too. Corona made the world watch TV. You emptied out the concert halls, no one left to see. Even killed Uber, Lyft, Airbnb, and everyone stopped Tinder dating so freely. Corona, party pooper to the stars. In celebrity culture, you really did go far. You killed all the parties, art exhibits too. You killed the work of all performers and their minions too. Corona. Made us all stay in our room. How everybody lives on their iPhone and their Zoom. You made the world scramble. What we gonna do? How we gonna pay the rent? How would we get food? Corona. A light in the tunnel for me. You made us all wonder how a different world could be. They're printing up fake money to keep the world the same. This shows this is a war. The rich against the poor. Corona, the bringer of liberty. There's got to be a way to rethink world economy. Instead of serving profit, serve all families. Helicopter money forever. Medicare free. Corona, showed another way to be. Got to be a brand new way to reinvent world economy. Think about it. Multiple hands. 
just add. Multiply or not divide or add. Product of the numbers that you add.
Pedro show. Yeah, life's uh, first time's a bitch. Life's a bitch. <laughs> it's not not just a slogan. <laughs> Featuring Mike Watt, Red Mass, and uh, from this new record, lots of collabs and really good fucking. You know, there's all these collabs and stuff, but it's still very coherent and together. You can tell you cats are the core, and then you brought on passengers. Yeah, it's interesting. Geometry Street and World Crawled Over the Razor Blade by Cat Beat. Some kind of poetry. He ain't really using words. It's whistles and sounds. But, you know, this is after he stopped music. Uh, Bilge Pump from uh, Leeds in England with Wheel, Wheel of You. Must be an old England. Y-E-W. Or maybe that's a sheep. Right? A U? No, maybe that's yep. with an E. I don't know. Fuck. Uh, Super Session, Raymond Pettibone's band, uh, some uh, mix, uh, early mixes of the next album. Uh, Raymond singing uh, Morrison Blues, uh, riffing on Jim Morrison. Jip uh, from Swenson Claim. That's uh, Quebec, but I think near, uh, what's the French side of the river? Uh, Ottawa. Hull, Hull. Hull, yeah, yeah, that's it. Once, once I got yeah. to play, I got to play in Hull once. Is Gatineau the French side? Gatineau Hall, yeah. Yeah. Or twice. Oh, yeah, is that right? Okay. And it was there was a club there uh, after the, uh, whatever, that uh, Adams, Douglas Adams, uh, Zafrod Beeblebrox or some shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you guys remember, okay. But that's the second time. Minutemen played there, and I can't even remember the pad, but we played with Porcelain Forehead, which is kind of uh, famous, and My Dog Popper. Oh, had, yeah, yeah. They had red styrofoam uh, mohawks. Yeah, so I think that's the first Minutemen tour of Canada. We oh, that's to, crazy. We, I also got to play up a shoe clock, uh, Quebec City, the only time I've got. One day I'm going to do Maritime. But, you know, oh, it's pretty. You really got, pretty out there, but, yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a, a hike. It's a hike. <laughs> okay, then we heard, uh, uh, yeah, so that was Swedes and Klain. And then uh, people from uh, K Solita, which is uh, K uh, from Black Flag. Uh, v Vale, who was first keyboard player, Blue Cheer, actually, with Corona 2. Pat Irish from upstate New York with Casting Out 9. And finally, Howl, Red Mass. And I, of course, th thought of Mr. Ginsburg and his poem. And Shig uh, getting arrested, you know. Though Shig had to go to court and all that shit. He was the bag man. Uh, so, uh, so, so uh, yeah, you start doing your stuff, Hannah, with, with uh, the homebrew. And copying off records, yeah. I, I, and like you said, you went to college, but you dropped out. In college, did you take music? No, I didn't. I took uh, English lit uh, theology, and uh, like, like I took I took the reason I left is because I took a very unfocused bunch of courses, okay. and they were asking me why I was there, and I realized I didn't really know why I was there. So yeah. And then I just I, we and then I joined Red Mass and we just kind of like focused on that. Yeah, you know, it might have been interesting if you would have liked. Wow, I'm going to go to college for music. Yeah, probably. <laughs> that's, 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 what your pop, that's what your pop did, right? He was like a faculty. Well, most of what my dad did, yeah. He so well. That's kind of why I I I feel like if I had growing up in Nunavut too, it was hard to figure out what. I wanted to do because it was just so removed from the rest of the world. Like I, I don't, I, it took me a while to find my focus when I got down 
to the south again from there. It's really it's isolated. Di- it's a very different world to be in, you know? Sure. Like, that's where we met, and I went up to try, and I thought maybe I could do a studio up there. I was like, yeah. oh, I'll, I'll, I'll be able to, like, hack it up there. That will be yeah. great. You know, it would be fun. I'm sure I'll, I'll manage. And then I went up there, and it's it, it was a little bit much for me. It's You do get a bit of the shining feeling. It's really isolated. Bleak. So I decided to do Montreal instead of uh, staying up in the Arctic. Yeah. Roy, your turn now. Your earliest musical memory? Uh, my my dad had a, like taught me guitars when I was really young, guitar playing, and uh, was he a guitar he had... man? Sorry, was he a guitar man? Yeah, he he plays guitar. He was really into like old soul, Otis Redding, uh, classic rock, Led Zeppelin, all that kind of stuff. So he had records, and I would do I would record little radio shows of myself hosting radio shows for myself basically wow. i was alone didn't have brothers and sisters so i just locked myself in my basement and do little radio shows and then he taught me guitar then i went and i took classical guitar lessons for a while and then i started playing shows really young because i used to play restaurants and banquets and uh buffets you mean like they... man alone busking yeah yeah kind of brutal like but what good about way to school yeah Did I... you do the school thing uh choir or the marching band or shit like that no, I did more um, through the, the guitar teaching. I did like I started doing shows more in restaurants and stuff like that. Okay. So I had a, I had a, like a, a, a one on one teacher and he taught me he was like it was kind of weird because he, he was a he played with open blues slide tuning, but he was teaching me normal tuning. So it was a little bit weird, but it was it kind of opened up my ear and uh, wow. I, he he got me to play in restaurants and stuff, which I, I, I dreaded and didn't really like at first, but it, it got me kind of over my, uh, my, my fear or whatever, like any, like any fear I had of, uh, performing in front of people. Like when, especially for like, if you're playing for people eating who really don't necessarily want to be seeing you, it was a good way to kind of break the ice and, uh, you so, know, people so, like, uh, mouth did you do anything of- with your buddies though? Did you do any band stuff? After that, I started by myself, and then I started doing bands when I was um, uh, uh, like more of a a little bit early teens. But I came from a small town, and my friends were a little bit more in kind of music that didn't really grab me as much. And then I came to Montreal, and uh, then I met people that were a bit more akin to my taste. I played in like a dance hall reggae band for a while, and then I started playing with more punk bands playing kind of more rock and roll stuff where we do like Ricky Nelson songs, but faster, you know, we love teen generate, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, that kind of opened up our, uh, ears to like the kind of more garagey punk. And I mean, I saw a lot of shows young. I, I saw you play, uh, at electric. The auditorium with electric. in the old days, Fufone electric. And, yeah, uh, and I think rap. we opened up for the Nils, not the Nils, oh, yeah, but yeah, the yeah, Nils. <laughs> A great band, a power trio. Really good band. Yeah. Yeah. So did you go to college for music? No, I went to college for uh, just, uh, I went oh. in science. Oh, yeah, then, yeah, I did science, then law, and then I gave up law to do music. Yeah, yeah. You know, life is, I think, about searching around. This idea where you just plug into a, like, program, I don't know about that. I don't think so. I mean, yeah. I guess it's, for, it's, it's, each person's different. Like, that. some people, they need that that uh kind of direction and like uh, frame and some people really need to more experience different things to see where they are and how they you know like emotion some people are see have more of an emotional lean while they'll go for things that are 
maybe give them more of a satisfaction like on an emotional level. And some people don't necessarily seek that out. But if you're making art, you're always kind of going a little bit more for that, I find, on on my end. Yeah, I'm kind of talking about if it doesn't work out, it's not actually a failure. It just didn't work out. Yeah, nothing. I, 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 I think everything's part of the learning, you know, like people see like we're so based on success and failure like where failures in itself going through some things a success you know you can relate what about this roy a skateboarder he falls down but that's because he was trying you know it's hard to do something good the first time maybe (laughs) for sure man i mean i skateboarded for a while too and like the, the 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 sacrifice of like going you know sometimes hurting yourself a bit or just even keeping at it like yeah getting back up that's what i meant get back up like it's a lot of time that you invest but that time in the long run it's not a it's not a failure that's just like definitely not a waste just like when we uh, do music we're always when we play we're getting ready to play for the next step look we're at the end of the first hour may 30 2020 edition of what pedro show special guest red mass hold tight for hour two May 30, 2020, it's the second hour of the Watt for Pedro Show. She's covered in diamonds and furs. Gold necklaces shine in the light. She is on the ground. Yeah. 
This is called Ain't It Fun When You're Gonna Die Young. It's dedicated to Jane Scott because she'll never die young. She'll be forever 16. Yeah. <laughs>
lot for Pedro Show. Start off the second hour with Red Mass doing Diamond Girl. Now, this doesn't have, same with Hal, it doesn't have a list. So some of these guys, you didn't have collabs. Uh, I I mean, it's not everybody who's, like, some songs have guest vocalists, like you sang on some songs, but uh, that one, I think Diamond Girl, I sing. It's, like, one of the only songs I, I sing on. I and Hannah. Howl, oh, Hal, Hannah sings that one. Yeah, yeah. that one, um, there's still guests, because, like, the band's just... <laughs> Well, but before we get to the record, let's get to because Hannah kind of alluded to it. How did Red Mask get together? Oh, we. Uh... Well, I start. I started it like years ago. I came. I had like a bit of a. Uh, I, I cleaned up my life a bit, and then when I came out of um, of uh, uh, the I mean, yeah, I came out of rehab, and then uh, I, I started the band trying to do something more positive, and I was kind of tired of a lot of like kind of the the people i was hanging around with and kind of the the i don't know just like i wanted to start fresh and do a more positive project and i was yeah. really inspired by a lot of the kind of free jazz cats and just that idea of like the kind of oneness of sound and the universe and love and all that so we wanted to do, do a band that we didn't have to really stick to us like one format or even stick to musicians it was just more like a kind of a free-for-all people coming in and out and uh, we wanted to do something different, and it was a good way to, like, because, I mean, every genre has, like, kind of been, a lot of genres have been, you know, pretty tapped out. So we were, it seemed like a, a good way to do something really different was to have, like, to, to change the form, like, to kind of try to do something more experimental in the format of the band, yeah. less than the sound. Like, we do experimental jams and improvisations, but we wanted to, the band itself, the way it works to be atypical and to get us out of our comfort zone of having like kind of you know this the set uh sound set and arrangement parameters. so like yeah. after that it, it totally f- opened up the doors so i started the band with uh, this dude ricardo uh for a while and then he uh eventually stepped out like we're still friends it, it was and then um you know for a while did it a bit by myself and then hannah came in and at that point we yeah, decided that's, that's why i'm kind of interested you, you you had this thing going it was kind of a big tent project kind of loose so it could yeah grow organically yeah and then yeah the ricardo you start with he leaves hannah is this after college you're you're you guys met in montreal right yeah, yeah. we met in montreal so i i was i was playing in like I, I had a few little projects that i was doing um and then i ended up joining red mass and we started working really really hard um uh, we lived really close to our, our our jam space, so we were going there a lot, and just like pretty much every day, we were just doing hours of music together. We also like started dating, and I think we realized our tastes were so similar. Like I went to her place for the first time, and she's listening to Captain Beefheart, and it kind of blew my mind. I was like, oh my god, this like obviously we're not just like getting along. Like we're we really have like some of the same passions and love. So we started. Uh, yeah, she just came in. We started doing the the. Uh, just recording different people, switching it up, go traveling. We, we both love traveling. So, so it was the about best gigs way. too, right? It, it, it was kind of a recording project, but it was about gigs also. It was the, the point of it too, I think was really to have a project. Like we, we hung out with people from so many different fronts of music that it was, we wanted to be able to just bring whoever we wanted into the project and use what they put out rather than have them conform to something. So 
the idea was that they could bring in what they were great at and add that and we would work that into the song rather than the other way around where you're taking you know a certain someone to play something because they sound what you want the sound to sound like like we were letting the people who were involved form the sound from the beginning so it was it's all it's all over the place but it's it's that was kind of like the way we went about it like woody allen no scripts right he lets the characters improvise yeah well, because it's a bit of trial and error. Like, at first, when you're, we're trying to force them to – not force, but, you know, like you're trying to uh, get somebody involved in a type of song that maybe sometimes it wasn't – sometimes it works to get people out of their comfort zones, but sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. So you kind of want to be working with, uh, like, more in the artists who were collaborating with kind of universe than always – than trying to pull him in – are sometimes i mean it goes both ways like each song you know like with that kind of stuff like it, there's a billion ways to work so it really depends how you know we the main thing is it, it's got to be fun and uh comfortable or not always comfortable more fun like you can be uncomfortable and have fun for the people that we're working for uh, with and just like uh, that, that's been kind of the drive just to like always like each song's kind of its own entity and we really try to give it its own life without all without thinking of necessarily trying to conform it to our other songs or other sound you know we like we try to let it live on its own but the, everything to serve the tune yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah. okay let's listen listen uh, uh devil in disguise
you uppity little ghost. Don't you even know you're dead? We police the pack. Your future's in your head. We hollowed out our Bibles to hide our golden guns. We've raised the silver gallows in the jewelry of your sons. That tattered flag is crimson with the blood that can't be wrong. Take one last drag of night air. Since that blackness in a lung As we hoist another nightmare Look away, look away Move along, nothing to see here Look away, hey there Hey, you're supposed to be here We don't need a reason Keep your dreams where we can see them Like that Oh, baby, right there Just another nightmare in America Another nightmare in America Ain't no use praying There's no soul there to save Boy, you're just the difference Between a hole and a grave And that's exactly how they'll market Even if our camera sees us I fill out some paperwork and sleep like baby Jesus Look away, look away Move along, nothing to see here Look away, hey there are you even supposed to be here? We don't need a reason Keep your dreams where we can see them Just like that Oh, baby, right there Just another nightmare in America Just another nightmare in America Sad and neat, that conviction makes it right. What you're calling a tragedy, I call just another night. We operate a firepower, and really, what did you expect? If you'll allow me to interpret the power to protect, I say it's six in the chest, two in the neck, you look away, look away, move along, nothing to see here. Look away, hey there, are you supposed to be here we don't need a reason his bullets scream freedom just like that oh baby right there it's just another nightmare in america oh say can you just another nightmare in america oh say can you just another nightmare in
drawers. Where are my drugs? Where are my drugs? Old scraps and notes and photographs. My brain's in shambles. My room's a mess. And I'm having a panic attack. Well, my drugs, I've been looking around for days. Well, my drugs, I've been looking around for days. Going through my wallet. Crawling under my bed Where are my drugs? Where are my drugs? Rummaging through the garbage Licking plastic bags Sobriety's a bitch But addiction's a whore Where are my drugs? I've been looking around for days Pedro show, yeah, that is Devil in Disguise, Red Mass featuring Drug Train. And we're talking about a cramp song with that same name. And I, I guess Roy, they 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 knew, they knew that the band, right? Yeah, at the time they, they named it after the yeah, song. After, okay. I'm pretty sure. And then Corey Brandon with Another Nightmare in America. <laughs> Another one. <laughs> Senor Al from South London with everybody's, not the London on the way to Windsor, but the one uh, England. Uh, what was the club there? Call the Office. Trippiest club. Oh, yeah. London, Ontario. Call the Office. Wow. <laughs> Call the Office. What a name. <laughs> I played there like six, seven I times. Remember, uh, a very, very singular place, too. Trippy. Uh, the the way it was. It was never organized for music, but I had a lot of good gigs there. Huge venue, too, for a, kind of a... London's not the biggest no, town. No, no, no. No, no. It's just a stop on the road, right? And then... Uh, um, yeah, everybody's sunshine. A Sunday morning with Megadote. That's tomorrow, but we do it early. Okay. And my drugs from Red Mass featuring John Kastner and Evan Dano. And Evan's an old friend of mine from the Lemonheads. And uh, you were talking about Boston. He's from that area. Uh, so tell me about the first Red Mass gig. Uh, the first one was... Uh... It was a day gig. We played at a skate, like there was like a bar with a skateboard ramp. That's and Fofone Electric. Yeah, we he played Fofone that. Electric. That was our first show. Fofone and it was Electric. like a... Okay. People, and uh, uh, somebody well, yeah, asked I me to get you. it together for... Uh, they, they had, basically, I booked a, sh I booked a show with, without a band yet. I, we didn't have a band. Uh -huh. So it was just like Ricardo me recording. And then we kind of got the band members together for the show about a month later at Fofone Electric. Yeah, I got to tell the listeners, in the old days in Montreal, that was the big pad for the scene. The pad. And, uh, you know, I mean, like, I don't know. Uh, 
the Ritz in uh, Manhattan or something. You know, it was the big gig. You know, I beam in the city. It was like our whiskey of go. The whiskey kind. in West Hollywood. I was just going to say, it, it, it was a big, big deal to play there, and I, I got to a couple times. And a, a big, big honor, big honor. Uh, it was also so. What was that I, gig like? Was it just the two of you? No, we had like ten people at that point. Oh, we had wow. like a porn <laughs> <Okay>. section, <laughs> a guy covered in paint dancing. It was a bit of a. It, it was fun, but it was kind of weird at that point because we'd always get guests coming in. So they, the practices were always with different members. So we'd never do a full lineup. So the shows were pretty chaotic at that point, but fun. You know, it was just like a different vibe. A bit more like porn, so a bit more free jazz in there. But it was uh, yeah, it was a fun show. That place was kind of scuzzy before, full fun. And when I was young, I would go there because it was one of the only places you could go in with fake ID. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty beat up. But the thing about the this early... Red Mass is unpredictable. Totally unpredictable. Yeah, yeah that's the first one of the things I like about the old days of the movement. You didn't know what the gigs were going to be like. They were crazy. Yeah, so, sometimes they weren't good. Even you know, <laughs> like I'll, I'll say, I'm the first to but say it. Sometimes they, that's the thing. When it was good, it could be amazing because you have this moment of like the, when you mix like something that you're not expecting and it really works. You have this double feeling of like, oh yeah, we nailed it. And sometimes it, it doesn't work as well. But that's fine. We keep the shows kind of conceptual. We did this one show which was like uh, a rip off of like the Sun Ra Disco Three Thousand. So we kind of did like a free jazz version of. Um, our own songs, yeah, of, of our own songs, basically. <laughs> but uh, well, well, yeah, it's it great. I mean, that's what I think expression's about. Fucking letting the freak flag fly. We're at the end of the yeah. second hour, May 30, 2020 edition. Watt Pedro show special guest Red Mass. Hold tight for hour three. May 30, 2020. It's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro show. Stuck in this place 
on this prairie-style mansion across this wide expanse of a yard. It feels great when you are on a mission to work and succeed, to walk in and join the process. It's more than a beautiful building. It's where we stake our lives, to plan our futures, to join in the work-ordered day, to make something, to become an accepted person and function well in society. We plan through three departments, Café of the Hula, fuel our hearts and stomachs, membership and communication department to lead us on through our day and biz to tie it all together. I love this house because I feel welcomed in. I have developed here. I know my place in the stream of things. Your house helps to keep me alive and functioning and giving back to society.
So we start off the third hour with a Red Mass featuring King Khan, great cat, uh, now in Berlin, but yeah, Canadian originally. And uh, he's got his own thing, man. He's, <laughs> he's beautiful. Kind of garage, but it, that's where it ends. It's all King Khan after that. Yeah. Including the wife's costumes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. To fall from grace. And uh, Carnival Jones after that, Ghost Train, I Love Yara, Yahara House, Joe Brewer, Jack Brewer from Sacred Trust, Cousin, Madison, Dream Phases, Fight Man, Atlantis, Aquarius, The Voices Side, Gone Too Fast, Living More, All, all Good, Nomad, record stuff. And then finally, uh, Red Mass featuring Jared Gamir with Young Lovers. Probably terrible to pronounce, sorry. Uh, so, so, so tell me about this record. Yeah, we started this ages ago. Like we, it started with the idea of the Diamond Girl song. We wrote that uh, uh, about. I was reading Don Quixote, so we kind of wanted created this character, like a little bit like Don Quixote, where instead of being Don Quixote, it's like a model who falls from grace. And we're reading a lot of Brett Easton Ellis books, so we kind of wanted to tie in this kind of decadent, a uh, little bit void uh, universe of like kind of youth, youthful decadence. So we, you know, kind of mix Don Quixote and, I don't know, less than zero and yeah. uh, try to make make a story around it. And basically we've been writing around that story for, I don't know, like eight years and then just bringing in people. But because it's it's it, it gets a bit complicated sometimes with the collaboration. So we decided not to give ourselves a deadline and just to take the time we needed to get it done. Uh, just, just also so people can take the time they need to record their tracks. And a lot of it was done at, at a distance. So, uh, yeah, eight years later, we, were, we finally, like, kind of weaned down the songs we really liked. Um, and then we kept a lot of the other material. We're going to come up with a following record. Like, this record's based on the idea of basically the character falls from grace and has a psychosis because her she has a, a multiple personality disorder and the, the, the personality split. And we're trying to explore the idea with a follow-up. Like, Grant Morrison, uh, he's an author who... Uh, put out this, you know, this idea that we should have a multiple personality complex, which would allow us to relate to people more and kind of morph our personalities uh, in order to empathize and uh, uh, be more understanding. So this, the second side of this record, so we're doing a follow-up called 111 
which is like an angel number. It's like a magic number. Anyway, uh, where that, where at that point, the character embraces all her different personalities, and each personality is going to be a chapter of the next uh, record, which is like has about a, a hundred eleven songs separated into uh, chapters of about ten songs each. And so basically that record is going to be kind of a contradiction to this one, where this one, the character at the end uh, falls apart and has a psychosis where we're trying to explore what if she would have basically embraced, embraced all these personalities uh, conflicting in her and basically lived with them in unison, which would allow uh, to avoid. And it, it's a bit of a reflection on a, a societal psychosis also uh, due to, I don't just like separation and the rifts that uh, we see with, you know, the different social groups where, you know, unity is always, I think the, the main love uh, would bring people together and avoid uh, these psychoses. But that's kind of the idea. So the, the, the main record, Hopeless Noise, is all based around that. And we've, you know, we decided to work with different people. So each person can represent a, an aspect of her voice, basically, like is like one personality character or one character yeah, Sybil. that in her. Like Sybil, right? Three faces of Eve. Yeah, yeah. So then we got, you know, different collaborators and the more it went, the more we, we fought. It was also really fun. It's like such a, it was kind of a new way for us to work. So we just started reaching out to people. We love their music. Uh, people were fans of our friends. Like our dads are on the record. Uh, a lot of our buddies, once they found out we're doing this, and they let's say we had a musician they liked, they're like, oh, I want to play on that track too. So we're like, yeah, sure, why not? So we just like, it kind of grew from there. And our friend Sebastian Perry did most of the arrangements with us and the, the, more the mixing. We kind of did the arrangements. Yeah, more the producing. Uh, so we went there and he had access to a studio after hours. So that allowed us to go over years and just keep, you know, kind of um, working on this thing. Like, what do you yeah, do with a rock? Otherwise, it wouldn't have been cost-effective. Yeah, chiseling at this away. beast. And it, it, it's been more fun than anything. But it, it, it's a complicated process to have so many people. We have about 100 people involved in the record. But it's really fun. You know, like, the main we're super happy with how it came yeah. out. And it's yeah. it's just, like, if anything, like, the, the process was such a cool time. experience, yeah. you know? Well, I yeah. feel kind of silly because I want to play this tune bored because it doesn't sound bored.
I was fucking with fish in a barrel. I was fucking with fish in a barrel. Anyway, boots, waterproof, steel tipped, trying to add it up twice in a row. Clueless little jerk offs glued to the stigma at the heart of this never ending show. You know, you can get tested for that if you're totally terrified of all the crumbling society has to offer. You can get tested for that, man, if you're totally terrified of all the crumbling society has to offer. I'll cash in the coupon while you eye the tip jar. Yeah, and complain about going blind down in the coffers. Kicking the bench and humming along to the big pop sound of the big fat zit. Yeah, when I'm finished looting Earth Fair and cooking with coconut oil, I'm gonna push you assholes into the pit. I'm gonna drag you over the train wreck that marks the spot on the stage where too many members converge, stake a claim on the tracks. I'm gonna tie you to, and then with the 30 bucks I made, I shall indeed splurge on the headstone that suspiciously resembles a sandwich board. Then I'll drill that sucker with some chalking. Some chalking that'll say, the next time you idiots come by 106 East Jackson, you better keep right on fucking walking. Yeah, you better keep right on fucking walking. You better keep on fucking walking. Right on. Right on, baby. Too many members on the stage. You only need three. At the most, three. At the most, three. At the most. Fucking with fish in a barrel. I was fucking with fish in a barrel. I was fucking with fish in a barrel. Not real fish. No, I would never fuck with real fish. No.
For Pedro Show, last music for this edition. Red Mass with Bored. Red Mass alone, no uh, guestage. Uh, Bark after that. Then we stuff from Knoxville. Uh, Bark with It's Your Grave. Omfu, uh, Omfu, Oh Man, Fuck You. Right? Fucking with Fish in a Barrel. Uh, police Cops after that from Midnight Bomber. What bombs at midnight? I think that's from a tick uh, character. Somebody's telling me. And uh, then Henry Kaiser, he does a lot of skin diving in Antarctica. He's a happening guitar player. El Tren of Fantasma, uh, part two of five with uh, Alvaro Domene. And then finally, Sharp, Red Mass featuring Mac DiMarco and Ian Wilson. So where can people find you on the internet, Roy Hanna? Well, we don't have a website. No, we don't. You need to get one. With the internet, <laughs> but yeah, we got our uh, uh, the records on uh, Mothland. They're like a, a local booker. They do a, a psychedelic festival here. Lydia Lunch played last year. They're really good. So Mothland put it out here. Numavi in Austria, Austria, and then label Etiquette is like handling the digital stuff here. We also have a Facebook. Uh, we kind of we have an Instagram. We don't really use it that much, but um, it's on spot. Uh, yeah, Spotify. It's on all the big yeah. sites. The it's not I talk about having your own websites. Kind of like having your own fanzine. The same kind of ethic. I think there's no filtering. There's no middleman. Yeah. I mean, those yeah. other telephone poles you can staple up your flyers on the fake look, the shitter, the instant ham. But For sure. Your own fucking site. You know what I mean? Yeah. Red Mass uh, dot com or some shit. <laughs> Think about it. You can even get a free one through the WordPress. Just something where nobody is in. There's no baloney between bread. The two, that's right, true, right. That's two slices true. of bread. Uh, what's next for you guys? What's your next plan besides the 1,011 songs? We have a, we have another like kind of poppy project where I, I sing more. So we're working on. Uh, we're finishing a record that we recorded with Martin BC. Ah. Oh! In and, Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was he, at the recording for Sonic Youth Evil. Yeah, yeah. It was done yeah. in his pad. And he didn't yeah. have a mixing booth. You were actually in the room with him. Oh, I know, I know. And the mis- there's like mosquitoes down in the basement. That used to be a, 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 a munitions factory in the Civil War, that place. That's what I heard. Yeah. I there's like a play. little street in the studio. There's like a I little street. I played with street. Martin last October. At the Horseshoe, Legendary Horseshoe Tavern. Oh, true, true. In the, in the big town, yeah. We played the day before with him here. 
Wow. And he had these guys with him. It was a good little band, you know, Martin. They're great. He's a great, yeah, music kid. So so you're doing a project. What, he's the producer recorder? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and so we did that, and we did a few of the songs here at a studio called Break Glass in Montreal. So we're just finishing that off. We were supposed to go in the studio when we got back from Europe, but uh, the COVID thing happened, yeah. so we're going to go so in the fall. It's not canceled, uh, people. It's postponed. Postponed, postponed. postponed. And can I yeah. ask you something, since Montreal, what's that cultural Spanish, uh, Palo... There's a cultural center that the black, uh, Godspeed, you black emperor guys. Palo Rosa or Casa del Popolo? Yeah, well, they're n- near each other, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah they're face to face or across the street. Because from they each had other. a really creative scene going. Is that still around? And that's yeah, stuff? For sure. always. Montreal's yeah. good for that. Like, it's really mi- mixed bag. Like, yeah. and, and those Godspeed, uh, uh, you know, the people that are in the band, Efren. they. They run some of these venues, yeah. so they're really like oh. hospitable they, too because they've toured, so they know how to hand, like you know, how to be uh, good hosts with the band. Have, I think like, they have a really great festival called Sony Pero Popolo too. That they bring right. really right. cool stuff. That's right. And I played in that building. It it's great. You get to see free jazz shows. Like you get to see stuff you don't always get to see for pretty cheap too. They yeah. they keep the tickets prices low and they curate it well. Like I saw Peter Brotsman a few years ago. They always get like stuff you wouldn't see on uh, at some of the more you know traditional jazz clubs. I guess yeah, you know. Yeah. Much respect to them, truly. So yeah. so you guys do. You you are aware. Okay, that's good. That's good. Sometimes things get all isolated and separated, and they don't know. You know, in the old days, a lot of that. So that's, yeah. that's good to know. Uh, look, it's been a big honor for me to have you on the show. Thank you so much, both Merci, Buku, <laughs> truly. When you, oh, get, when you get this new music out, will you come back on the show and we can talk about the motherfucker? Of course, of course. Okay. Thanks so much for having us, and it's really nice to meet you over over the audio internet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. okay. People, it's been May 30, 2020. This is your Juan Pedro show, you know, last days of May. Keep your powder dry.